Good morning and welcome to episode 809 of Effectively Wild, a daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at baseballreference.com. I'm Sam Miller, along with Ben Lindbergh of 538. Hi, Ben. Hello. So, Ben. Yes. 538. Yeah. Who won Iowa? <laughs> Do you know? Do you... Too early to call. Oh, okay. All right. Anything to talk about? Just a quick update on some of the banter from yesterday's show. I brought up the TV show Billions and the scene from the most recent episode where Damian Lewis's character makes a comparison between one of his traders and former Yankees utility man Brian Doyle. And he says that Brian Doyle had a lifetime 168 batting average. He, in fact, had a 161 batting average. And we puzzled over how that happened, how 168 got into the show when it was actually 161. As a number of people pointed out after the episode yesterday, Brian Doyle's batting average on balls in play is 168. So if you go to Fangraphs, for instance, and you're maybe just glancing at the page, and maybe you don't know the difference between BABIP and batting average, you could very easily conclude that Brian Doyle's lifetime average was 168. So I think this probably supports your theory that this was a mistake on the writer's part, or maybe some production assistant who the writers told to go look up Brian Doyle's career average and did it carelessly. It is true that um, that this lines up and the BABIP comes before average on this on page. The fan grass page. On yes. the Fangrass page, yes. And I doubt that this uh, matters, but uh, technically the World Series average uh, would also still be correct because he did not strike out or hit any home runs in the World Series. So his uh, BABIP also would have, but I don't think, I think that's just a However, I'm not totally convinced. I think it's a compelling case, but mm-hmm. if you don't know enough to distinguish between those two. I doubt you're going directly to fan graphs intentionally. True. And, um, you know, as everybody who's ever searched anything knows, uh, baseball reference uh, would be the uh, first, uh, you know, the first result on, on most players. Yes. Uh, now, and that said... Baseball reference sort of hides BABIP, or it's, it's kind of hard to find. Oh, yeah, you certainly wouldn't accidentally take the BABIP no. on a baseball reference page. Now, that said, uh, Brian Doyle, if you search him... You don't get his baseball reference page. You, there's another Brian Doyle who is a, quote, Canadian writer whose children's books have been adapted into both movies and plays. Many of his stories are drawn from his experiences growing up in Ottawa and vicinity. Uh, and so he actually uh, takes the first page of Google. Wow. And so if you Googled Brian Doyle, you might not get it. If, and so then you could imagine a research assistant maybe Googling Brian Doyle stats or something uh-huh. like that. Now, that's still not. Like, I don't see fan, – Fangraphs is at the very bottom of the first page of results here. You'd get Baseball Reference, Wikipedia, Almanac, uh, MLB.com, and ESPN as options first. But uh, you could imagine that there is a search uh, in which uh, Fangraphs is the first result or at least uh, is uh, plausibly high up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying it to – It strengthens the case. Oh, it definitely not does. conclusive. I would say that's exactly right. It strengthens the case and is not conclusive. Okay. It's also possible that maybe a mobile search might be more likely to lead to fangrass, or maybe a mo- maybe it's possible that uh, the person who was in charge of this does know the difference between BABIP and uh, batting average and simply uh, glanced too quickly, or that uh, something about the way that he was looking at it on his mobile phone made it uh, difficult to read. Maybe it involved scrolling and not being able to see the header anymore. And he so saw, many possibilities. He saw what looked like a plausible batting average, and uh, and he took it. He just took it and ran. Yep. I would say, uh, yeah, I'd say that now that I think about those possibilities, I'm feeling pretty at least 50% confident that this is the answer. I still hope the truth will come to light someday, but this is the best theory we have. Okay. All right. I want to correct yesterday on this show, we uh, stated that Michael Brantley was one of only three players last year with more walks than strikeouts. Uh, He was actually one of only three left-handed hitters. In addition, there were two right-handers and a switch hitter uh, who also did this, so there are actually six. You might not think that it matters whether he batted left-handed for the uh, relevance of that fun fact, and I would agree. Okay. But that's I assume that's why uh, we have the wrong thing. Sometimes you leave a filter on, mm-hmm. as you know. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Ben, there's a quote that I think about 
a lot by um, Andy Warhol, where he says, once is usually enough, either once only or every day. If you do something once, it's exciting. And if you do it every day, it's exciting. But if you do it, say, twice or just almost every day, it's not good anymore. That really resonates with me, the, the idea that if you have, you know, if there's a sandwich you like and you have it six times, well, you're never going to like it as much as you did the first time. And uh, it's probably keeping you from exploring the rest of the world. And really, when you start repeating things, then they all become less memorable and you won't remember any of those individual sandwiches. And you can make the case that you should really, if you have a sandwich you like, you should really only have it once, unless you're going to do it every day, in which case then the uh, ritualistic aspects uh, of our brain start to kick in and it starts to have greater significance greater value in your life because you will look back and see that it was a large part of your life. And that's kind of like what baseball is, right? Every day. Uh, And we have done the minor league free agent draft two years. Uh, (laughs) We're going to do it a third time this year. And I think we have to decide after this, whether this is going to be an annual thing or whether this was going to be a trilogy that we are now closing out today. Yeah. Well, this is the rubber game. Because we each have one victory. Exactly. So we have to decide, was this a series between us? a championship series in minor league free agents or are we going to do it forever and by year you know 38 it'll be one of those traditions that they write about like the fantasy league that uh you know the local newspaper writes about because they've been drafting every every year since 1976 or whatever so i imagine you will vote end it is that right (laughs) do you want to vote for end it it's a lot of homework you yeah you hate it i think I, i like the exercise but i hate the preparation Whereas you just don't do any preparation. That is true. So should we say that the winner gets to decide whether we continue? Like this will be the rubber match and then next year, whether it uh, goes on, will determine will be determined by who won. Okay. All right. Sure. All right. First, uh, first draft we've had with stakes. So we're drafting minor league free agents. Should we define what a minor league free agent is? <laughs> if you can. If we can. It's not easy. I have no idea what a minor league free agent is. <laughs> I know that there's a list of them, and I know that I look at it and wonder how that guy qualifies. It's usually yeah. players who've basically been minor leaguers for six years and are not on, on a 40-man. That's that's the, the majority of them. And I guess, I don't know how, how a guy like John Axford last year gets on because we think of him as a major leaguer, but... Yeah. I guess if you end the season in the minors or if you've spe- – I don't know. You Go ahead. Try. But there are – yeah, there are exceptions and loopholes and fine print, and we'd have to read it from, <laughs> from a rule book somewhere. But, yeah, I mean your basic broad definition covers most of these guys. They're just guys who've been floating around for years, and maybe they have a little bit of major league service time, but they've mostly been in the minors and – they get to be free agents after a certain amount of time so that teams can't just keep a minor leaguer in their system forever and not use him. Eventually, he gets the chance to be free and sign somewhere else. And by the way, I'm going to uh, save your emails. This is not the same as signed a minor league contract. Right. Okay, So there are lots of guys who sign minor league contracts who are not minor league free agents. Uh, so um, you know, when we don't pick Joaquin Arias... Don't 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 email us. That's they're they're different things. And again, like we're not good at defining what the differences are, but they are different things. Right. And fortunately, Baseball America puts out a giant list of all of these guys that it gets from Major League Baseball. So we will link to that list so you can follow along, play along at home in the podcast post at BP and also in the Facebook group. Hundreds of players many in each organization. So it's a giant list to call. And many of these are players we haven't heard of, or we've heard of them, but we couldn't tell you one thing about them other than that they're baseball players. And so I dive into this and try to try to <laughs> find players. The point of the minor league free agent draft is to draft minor league free agents who will be major leaguers in the upcoming season. And so the one of us with the most combined plate appearances and total batters faced wins this competition. Regardless so, of how well they, they yes, play. they could be terrible. It's just all about playing time, major and league playing time. To me, the point of the minor league draft is to remember a lot of names that I haven't thought about for a long time. The great thing about minor league free agent lists is that it is probably the most exclusive list possible that includes Pete Cosma, Donovan Tate, 
and Oral Hershiser's kid. Like there are very, <laughs> like you could make a list with those three on it, but it would be a lot bigger list. Like a, this is a world's colliding. This is basically a high school reunion where yeah. <laughs> you go back and you're, you know, you Except see. no one's a success. Right. Well, but they were some worse. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys were successes. There's successful guys on here and there might be a couple of future successes on here. Yeah. They're all success. They're all more. Try to get one of them to blurb your book and you'll see how much more successful than you they are. Probably. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Right? I'm not sure there's anyone on this list I would want to blurb our book. I'm not sure there's anyone on this list who would blurb your book. So, (laughs) which I guess just means that success is uh, a matter of perspective. Vic Black, I think Vic Black would blurb your book. He might, but would you want him to? So, we're, it's really, it's slim pickings. It's needle in a haystack search. There was an article by Carson Sistoli, who loves minor league free agents. He found that about 1% of minor league free agents produce at least half a win above replacement in the following season. So almost none of these guys go on to be good, but some of them do go on to get plate appearances and face batters, and that's all we care about. And so the first year we did this, you won. It was a pretty solid victory. You got a combined 353 plate appearances and total batters faced. I got only 93. Your big earner was Steven Tollison. <laughs> Mine was Reed Brignac. Tollison so pitched the, too, by the way. Yeah, right. So that's the caliber of name that we're going after here. And we both did considerably better in our second attempt at this. I don't know whether that has anything to do with our skill. I think it mostly has to do improving. with John Axford. Yeah, well, we both did much better. I, I ended up with 629 combined, and you ended up with 560. And we both got several players. The big earner of the draft was John Axford, who was, for some reason, a minor league free agent. And I had the first pick for whatever reason. For whatever um, reason is you flipped a coin and won the coin flip, right? Okay, or, well, that's I think, valid. Or did I give um, it to you? There was a period where I was letting you pick first all the time. Yeah. That might have been the end of that. That might have actually brought in the coin flip era. <laughs> yeah. So John Axford ended up facing 250 batters and so that was big that made the difference between us he would and... he'd already been named the closer <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean we, we did pretty well other than that we got uh we got there were five other six other players who got at least 100 plate appearances or total batters face yeah jonathan herrera clayton richard rafael betancourt pat vendetti was on this list mm-hmm. david ardsma rodamis liz and so yeah, we, well, half we had more the, hits. Half the players that we picked last year appeared in the majors, which, uh, there, I mean, there was a period during the first time we did this where it was like July, and I think one player had made the majors, and it sort of felt like the strategy here might be to just get one plate appearance to go prices right <laughs> on it, and you'd win. And yeah. uh, last year we got, I mean, we had a 50% hit rate, which is not bad. That's I think that's pretty good. Yeah. And the fun of it... We had at least, six the first year combined. At least for us. I don't know whether it's fun for anyone else, but <laughs> you just get these little news bulletins on some day in the season where you recognize a name from the minor league free agent draft and you feel a sense of accomplishment and you care about this news that otherwise you wouldn't have even noticed. And it's a, it's a nice little thing to keep us interested throughout a long season. So here we go again. Okie doke. Uh, let's flip. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, why don't you go? You call it, and then I'm going to go into another room and flip it, and I'll, and I'll tell. You know what? You can just call it while I'm. I'm going to walk away now and flip a coin, and I want you to just call it into the into the void. Okay. Okay. And then I'll come back and tell you, and then the listeners will know whether you cheated. All right. All right. I'll be back. Okay. Going with tails. All right. It was tails. I picked tails. All right. Did you know it was Tails when, I, when it landed? I did guess Tails. Oh, okay. Based on well, the sound. We'll see. we'll see. I guess we won't see. We'll take your word for I it. I mean, I'm only one for two since you've been <laughs> testing me, so that's about right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you pick first. Okay. I will say that this list, I don't know whether you had this thought as you read it. There's no Axford on There's this list. There's no Axford, but it's deep. It's deep i guess it's deep it's there aren't a lot of there weren't even really a lot of names that i was surprised to see there like 
guys with a lot of major league time who I didn't think would be minor league free agents. They all sort of seemed like people who would be minor league free agents. So I did some research. I guess I will start with Emilio Bonifacio. Okay. And I'm taking Emilio Bonifacio because he has been in the major leagues every year for the last nine years, which is a long time. Obviously, previous major league experience, always something you look for in a minor league free agent draftee. He is only 30, even though he has all that service time. He plays a bunch of positions. He signed a major league deal, and he signed a major league deal with the Braves. And the Braves will probably be bad and need a backup at one position or another. And when they do, Emilio Bonifacio will be waiting. Yeah, that's solid. That's a uh, that's a solid pick. He was uh he was on my list, and um, you know he, it's only sixty eight plate appearances, but he hit four fifty in AAA last year. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, but that's what he does. He in he a in, in, well in sixty eight plate appearances, he always hits four fifty, and uh-huh. then he gets more. It's he's the guy who he's he's hitting four fifty through sixty eight plate appearances, and somehow two twenty through seventy. Like <laughs> it all crumbles all at once. Like this is the, you don't know this because uh, I wrote this in an email, but I'm going to make this comparison for the second time in two days. He's like, his batting average is like Dorian Gray. Uh-huh. <laughs> it just, it just all to ash uh, yeah. right away. So he is, he's played six positions professionally. He's played some short. He can play second and third. He played center a little bit last year. So you can always plug in Emilio Bonifacio. Yeah, I hope that the Braves will. That is, uh, that's solid. He hit 167 with a 390 OPS last year, which is less solid. And he <laughs> has been a sub-replacement level the last two years. But I think that's a good pick. Thank you. Uh, all right. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction than that. Uh, and I'm going to choose Dion Viciato. Mm, okay. And uh, Viciato, the reason I, I like him is, one, he was an everyday player just, you know, one full year ago. Like, he didn't play in the majors last year. But the year before that, he batted 600 times. And the year before that, 500. And the year before that, 500. I mean, he was a regular very recently. And he puts up uh, some pretty stats. He's a he's not a very good player. He's a horrible defender. He has a Pedro Feliz type of slash line, very low on base percentage, but he has some right-handed pop, and you know how that is in today's mm, game. Yeah, uh, and, so scarce. So, and he's only 27 this year. I love an age 27 season. Uh, mm-hmm. And he played. Um, he, it's not like he was bad last. Like he he played in Triple A last year, and he hit 287, 348, 450. Uh, which is, uh, you know, it's a it's a good line, particularly because he wasn't in one of the uh, one of the crazy PCL parks, and uh, so you know he's a he's a guy who I think it's it's just hard it's really hard for me to imagine him not playing unless there's a some sort of injury that I've that I've overlooked. He also so yeah he hasn't signed. That's the biggest thing is that he hasn't signed in. He's essentially a DH or bench bat with no particular positional value right now and there are a couple of those guys still around and those guys seem to be more plentiful every year but i i just have a, i i not only like if if vciato if we were doing home runs instead of plate appearances i would also pick vciato like i bet vciato hits eight home runs this year whatever pl- number of plate appearances it takes him to get there uh-huh. he'll do it okay i love a 27 i mean it's rare to see a guy with 1800 career plate appearances make this list before he turns 27 like that's a that's a very rare opportunity here. Yeah, that's true. All right. With my second pick, I'm going to take Hachu Lee, who was a former top prospect. He was on top 100 lists three years running. Those years were, were a couple of years ago, but he was a top prospect. He had an injury. He came back last year and he played for the Rays in AAA and was not great, but he is a shortstop and he's 25 and he was signed by the Giants. I'm banking on the up the middle guy with the former prospect pedigree. Yeah. The, your, wasn't your first pick two years ago, Reed Brignac? 
I think so. It's pretty much the same exact. Off. Pretty much the same exact thing. Yeah, a I mean, former Brignac top raise infield prospect. Yeah, 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 that's true. Reed had, yeah, Brignac had been a big league, but all the same organization, same position, same kind of basic story. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know? Could you tell me anything about his defense? I can in just a second. If he was, if it turns out, if he's a wizard, then I could see this being a good pick. If he's not a wizard, it's hard to. I mean, you know, he's he had a. a Negative six fielding runs above average in both 2014 and 2015. And a sub 600 OPS over the past two years in AAA. Did uh, he have an annual comment this year? I, I can't imagine he did. Let me see. He had comments every year from 2009 to 2015. Sure. And the last one about was about his recovery from his gruesome knee injury and how he lost several steps off his plus speed. And how he's quite likely a lost cause. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, we did not, we didn't mention him, unless unless he somehow, unless he'd already moved to the Giants, but I doubt that. Let's see here. Did he even get a line out? That's not a great organization for him to be in either. True. Oh, he is. Oh, he, he got he's a line in the book. out. What is go. it? A former top prospect, Hak Ju Lee, is just looking for the opportunity to remain in professional baseball. Exactly. Scouting, scouting may be the only viable alternative. <laughs> right. You do not well, get credit for plate appearances scouted. <laughs> Still, if you can get someone who's in the annual, that's something. Yeah, that's true. He's relevant. Yeah. All right. For my second pick, I'm going to go... Uh, with Pete Cosma. Okay. Uh, and uh, partly that's because he played in the majors last year. That goes a long way. Uh, yeah. He's only 28, which uh, which helps. He is still, I presume, has a reputation as a good glove man. Uh, and so you could imagine him, you know, hanging around as, as the emergency shortstop for any number of teams uh, if it gets there. But I particularly like that the Yankees signed him, and uh, as you recall from last year, one of my strategies is to get the Yankees minor league free agents based on one article that was written one time by <laughs> Kylie McDaniel about how the Yankees uh, use their uh, relative wealth over the rest of the league to sign the best minor league free agents uh, for some tens of thousands more than other minor league free agents uh, tend to get. Uh, and so uh, I believe that uh, if you're looking for the best minor league free agents, uh, the Yankees have already told you kind of like how uh, if you want to open a, a business, there was a time where uh, where if you wanted to open like a, a business, it was uh, there was a, a, a little piece of wisdom that you should just go to where the Starbucks was because they had uh, they were seen as having the best like kind of neighborhood scouting algorithms like they were the masters of finding the right block. And uh, I don't know if that's still true because now they're everywhere. But I feel like the Yankees have already done my homework for me, and I'm not going to uh, to ignore that. All right. So uh, Pete Cosma, by the way, also uh, last year, the uh, rare 152 batting average, 152 slugging percentage. <laughs> so let's do a quick impromptu play index. He had 111 plate appearances without an extra base hit. And I'm going to see – I'm going to set at – 100 plate appearances with zero extra base hits. And I'm going to go by year to see how common this is. So Cosmo was the only player, is the only player since 2010 to do that. And one of only two players since 1995. It basically happened once in the 80s, once in the 90s. It did not happen between 2000 and 2009. Grezolanik did it in 2010. And Cosma did it last year. So uh, we are talking about basically the third guy since the steroids era began or since the, you know, in the modern era. Third guy in the modern era. Okay. And actually before that, uh, the only reason it was showing up more before that is because pitchers used to get 100 plate appearances. So pitcher, 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 pitcher. It happened like uh, it's happened uh, a total of four times since 1975. (laughs) <laughs> including well, Pete Cosma. Doesn't totally shock me that Pete Cosma's the guy who did that. The most played appearances in history uh, seems to be Dwayne Anderson in 1973 with 144. And that looks like it holds up. That holds up all the way back to 1916. Okay. So if anybody's going to break old Dwayne's record, it's going to be Pete Cosma this year. I hope not. 
All right, good pick in the, the Reed Brignac model. All right, my third pick is Rafael Ortega, who was signed by the Angels on a major league deal. He is an outfielder. He actually made his major league debut in 2012 as a 21-year-old and played two games for the Rockies. Has not played in the majors since, but he played all of last season, 131 games with the Cardinals in AAA last year, had respectable stats, 367 on base, and has a little speed and plays center field and supposedly is a pretty good center fielder and... The way his signing was reported was that he will be a guy who's competing for a fourth outfielder, pinch runner sort of spot with the Angels this year and doesn't have a ton of competition. I guess he has to beat out guys like Colin Cowgill and Efren Navarro, and he probably has better speed and defense than those guys. So major league deal. I'm going with Rafael Ortega. Yeah, that's a good that's a that's a good under the radar pick. Thank you. I don't think I've I don't think I'd ever heard of him. Research. I mean, I I had heard of him, but I don't think I remembered having ever heard of him. Yeah. He and, also uh, Chris Mitchell at Fangrass did a a post on oh, the, the best oh, projected. I see. Okay. <laughs> this is not how I, how I found him, <laughs> but I did come across this post, and he just did like three hitters and three pitchers who projected well using his projection system for minor leaguers and no one projected well <laughs> they all projected terribly but of the terrible people Rafael or- Rafael Ortega was the second best so stats sort of like him too all right good pick thanks I'm going to go with Jim Henderson all right and Jim Henderson is not quite John Axford of course uh he wasn't a closer as recently, and he wasn't. Uh, he doesn't have a closer job, and he didn't pitch really at all last year. But he is a guy who um, has at points in his career been a high leverage reliever, a nearly all star quality reliever, briefly. And then last year he had shoulder surgery, and normally a reliever coming back from shoulder surgery is not a great bet, especially after all of his numbers completely collapsed. But I'm assuming that the numbers collapsing is just related to the shoulder surgery that there's a chance that he's fixed. And so what I, but what I really liked about him, because that is true of a lot of guys on this list. What I liked about him uh, is this quote, the story begins with him worrying that his you know career might be over. He thought he'd have to work all off season to get some team to give him a minor league invite. And then I'm going to pick up the article that is till the New York Mets show, by the way, till the New York Mets in the article, till the New York Mets, T I L L. Not until, not apostrophe T-I-L, not even T-I-L, till the, till the New York Mets. That is, till the New York Mets showed interest, like lickety split. Quote, they emailed my agent a minute after free agency opened, which is a real thing. That actually happens. The, the teams will email an agent a minute after free agency opens as a way of signaling that they are the team that is most interested in that that's where there's going to be an opportunity because a lot of with minor league free agents, you're not giving them, you're not probably going to win with your, your contract offer. You're going to win by showing them that you're the team that believes in them and that that's the best place for you to get reps, to get plate appearances and to face batters. And so you're really trying to convince them that you're not just a name on a long list, but you're the first name that popped out to them. So, uh, so they called him a minute after free agency opened on November 7th. Uh, they hammered out a deal, and Jim Henderson is uh, going to go to spring training looking for a job in the New York Mets bullpen. And uh, I feel like uh, the New York Mets bullpen has room for Jim Henderson. So <laughs> yeah, I also – I did not call him a minute after this draft <laughs> began, but I called him not too long after this draft began. Uh-huh. So Okay, sure. Recognizable reliever name. Yep. Solid strategy. He's on the depth chart too, by the way. It's always good when Ooh. you can get a guy who's already on. Pete Cosma, not on the Yankees depth chart, but uh-huh. Jim Henderson is on the Mets depth chart. He is the 11th reliever listed. Yeah, that's a nice little endorsement. Okay. All right. Fourth pick, Andori Acevedo, who is also a reliever, right-handed reliever, but has a somewhat interesting backstory. He's a converted former third baseman Ooh, and good one. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he he was converted a while ago, I guess. It was a few years ago, but he rose quickly. Last season, he was in the Yankees system. He started in high A. He went to double A. He finished in triple A, and he had a 2.59 ERA with, uh, you know, not the greatest peripherals, but not bad peripherals. So he rose up quickly. Seemed like the Yankees saw something in him and his control issues, which were terrible in previous seasons, as maybe you would expect for a guy who was a third baseman, sort of went away. Like he was walking like 10 Mm. per nine, eight per nine, nine per nine in the previous few years. And he only walked three per nine in 2015. So it seemed like he made some progress with his control woes. And the Cubs signed him to a major league deal and added him to a major league deal, major league deal and added him to their 40 man roster. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Good move. Good pick. He's a 25 year old and yeah, it seems like sort of a cub story. Just guy who's under the radar and had some reason why he wasn't good before. And now maybe he'll be good in the back of a bullpen at the end of the year. So you did kind of cheat a little telling the story of his control. He, he started the season in high A, mm-hmm. where he walked one batter in tw- 19 innings. Yeah. And then he moved up to double A, and he walked 11 batters in 28 innings. And then they, mm-hmm. he moved up to triple A, where he walked nine batters in 11 innings. So as he did move <laughs> up, his walk rate got back to where it had been, more or less. Almost, yeah. Almost. It, it still, I would say it still represents progress in uh-huh. that the, the previous year he walked... 12 guys in 12 innings and a ball and he walked 24 guys in 27 innings in low a ball. And yeah, I mean, he was walking like a guy per inning. So he's better. Good pick. Thanks. Uh, All right. I'm going to go with Casey Kochman. (laughs) What? (laughs) Why not? Uh, He's still playing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah he sure is okay he sure is and one of the reasons that i'm i'm going with casey kochman who uh last played in the majors in 2013 for like six games uh is that he he disappeared for all of 2014 and most of 2013 and so it's not as though he's been uh kicking around as a you know, as triple A roster filler and nobody wanted him, he disappeared. And I don't know why he did. He probably had shoulder surgery. (laughs) So so he's been out of baseball for some reason or another. And that's (laughs) a positive thing. (laughs) Because Ben, Uh because he came back last year, he played, he played last year in triple A and did a Casey Kochman kind of batting line, I guess. He hit, he hit 290, 374, 426 uh, in a neutral park environment and, you know, it makes sense that he wouldn't get, that that wouldn't earn him a chance, even though it might have been another organization, because he was with the Royals. And the Royals already have a left-handed hitting first baseman who's pretty much completely entrenched. And they're a team that doesn't use their bench. And you wouldn't really expect a guy like Casey Kochman to even get a start a week or even a pinch hitting appearance a week uh, if he were on uh, the Royals. Uh, that's a terrible situation for him. But he did show that he could play still. Uh, he is left-handed batting, so that helps. He is slick fielding, so there's a definite uh, defensive replacement uh, potential. And he has signed a deal, I assume a minor league deal, with the Toronto Blue Jays, who are right-handed leaning. Not that he's going to like platoon with Edwin Encarnacion or anything like that, but they're right-handed leading, leaning. And uh, to me, Chris Colabello and Justin Smoke are both, the sort of guys who were productive last year. And you could also imagine very easily not being productive at all this year. Uh, so it, it doesn't seem like it would be that unbelievably hard for him to uh, get into say a semi platoon with Chris Colabello. I mean, it's, I wouldn't necessarily expect him to get the full left-handed batters portion of a platoon, but I mean, look, Chris Colabello is a guy who had essentially no track record of success uh, until last year and had a very good year in 100 games, but so did Steve Pierce once, you know? Like, he's 31, he's going to be 32, he's right-handed, and uh, if Justin Smoke, for some reason, became not really an option, uh, you could imagine very easily Casey Kochman starting 
half the time with Colabello uh, in a platoon situation. So I actually, uh, I like the move. I like the signing. I like my pick. All right. Age 33, Casey Kochman. Yeah. It's going to be a big year for him. Why did he miss? Wikipedia says he presumably retired from baseball. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good. Well, that actually is good. Like, it's much better that he presumably retired than that he had, you know, some surgery that might still be lingering. He just rested. And then he came back with the love of the game, uh, rejuvenated. (laughs) Uh And uh, this seems uh, pick of the draft so far. Good job, Sam. (laughs) Okay. Presumably retired. (laughs) Yeah. Like no one, no one asked him. I guess <laughs> just no one, <laughs> no one cared enough to find out where he was, <laughs> or even Google. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, then, with my fifth pick, I will also take a former first round pick who has been signed by the Blue Jays and invited to spring training. Geo Meyer. Geo Meyer was a twenty first overall pick in the two thousand nine draft. Four picks ahead of Mike Trout, of course, and he was in the Astros system for a while, and he was a prospect. He was a top 100 guy at BP. He was a top 75 guy at Baseball America. That was several years ago, but he still plays shortstop, and he was in AAA for a while. He spent last season in AA. He had a decent on-base percentage. According to BP's stats, he also had a negative 12 fielding runs above average. At shortstop, though? Yeah, at shortstop. If he was playing short, you know, at least he can handle the rest of the infield. Yeah, and he is only 25 and former, former top prospect who was highly regarded as a high school shortstop. And the Blue Jays have had a lot of really terrible infielders get playing time over the last couple of years and i'm just banking on that continuing i mean if ryan goins can play for the blue jays and muninori kawasaki can play for the blue jays and darwin barney and jonathan diaz and just all of these pretty terrible players can get playing time in the blue jays infield i'm gonna hope that Geo Meyer will make his major league debut in 2016 yeah goins and barney are currently on the depth chart Barney oh, is good. Barney is on the depth chart at three positions, and Troy Tulowitzki, of course, if there's one thing you know about him, is that there's probably going to be starts for the guys below him on the depth chart. So uh, yeah. I would be I would bet that there are a hundred. Well, I would bet that there are 500 plate appearances in this infield that are not currently on the depth chart, which would include uh-huh. Meyer. You know, at least yeah. 500, and just those three positions. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at least 500, but but close to 500. I just don't know that I would bet on it being Meyer. I mean, we uh-huh. also know that the Blue Jays buy in bulk when it comes to this That's sort of true. waiver depth. Uh, and they probably have other guys that we're not even aware of. And they might still have other guys ahead of them. And they might be picking up guys. And uh, Meyer seems like a little bit of a stretch to give those plate appearances to. But he's in a good position. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good setup for him. And also... Uh, who knows? Uh, we know that he didn't do well as Giovanni Meyer, but maybe that's right. A, He's since, removed you know. the Vani. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. So that's four picks. Uh, five for you. Four for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Jarrett Grube. Do you know Jarrett Grube? <laughs> I do not. Me neither. Is that a real name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett Grube. Uh, <laughs> This happened last year too. Uh, Jared, <laughs> Jared Grube, tenth round pick in two thousand four. <laughs> it's my fifth pick. All right, J- Jared Grube was the tenth round pick in two thousand four by the Rockies. Has bounced around since then. Made his major league debut in 2014 with the Angels uh, one game of relief got two outs that was it that's his major league career he got he had uh, two-thirds of an inning in relief for the Angels at age 32 uh, but uh, last year he was really one of the very best pitchers uh, in the International League which is AAA for the Indians uh, he went I'm gonna forgive me but I'm it helps the story he went nine and0 uh, <laughs> as a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a 2.26 ERA, which was like something like the third or fourth best ERA 
bias starter. And, you know, the, anytime you look at these guys and you look at their minor league sets, some of them have good ERAs and they almost inevitably struck out five and a half per nine. Like that is the story of the minor league free agent, five and a half strikeouts per nine. Uh, but um, Grube struck out eight per nine. And, and the thing that he did really is he, he doesn't walk anybody hardly. And so in uh, he started the year in the, in the Mexican league, uh, and he he walked six in 60 innings, struck out 15, walked six in 60 innings. Then he got uh, brought over to, to the International League with Cleveland and, you know, had four strikeouts per walk uh, and a very good ERA. And so he's a he's a guy who starts, um, presumably also then could relieve. It's the strikeout rate's not ridiculous. And uh, it seems like there's some slight positive trend in his career. Uh, and uh, it doesn't seem to me that unreasonable that he'd be, uh, you know, any team's seventh starter at this point, maybe even higher, maybe even sixth or fifth starter. Mm-hmm. So Jared Grub, Jared Grub, basically a way of putting this is Jared Grub is probably the best, uh, is the player on this list who did best last year. He had probably the most impressive performance of everybody on this list last year. Okay. So scouting the stat line, Jared Grub. Well, it's AAA too. I mean, you can yeah. scout the stat line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pretty pretty much at AAA. Yeah. All right. Now I know a lot about Jarrett Group. Mm-hmm. Okay. With my sixth pick, I am taking Buddy Bauman, possibly Bowman, who is a left-handed pitcher. He is listed at 5'10", which means he's probably not 5'10", although maybe that's unfair. There must be athletes who are actually 5'10 and aren't just faking. And he <laughs> has spent... Uh, the last few years in AAA, he was drafted in 2009 by the Royals. He's been in the Royal system for his entire career, and he's had pretty good results in three seasons at AAA. He has a 3.04 ERA with a strikeout per inning and decent control. He's started 17 games over that time, although mostly out of the pen. He was death on left-handed hitters last year. Lefties hit 148, 225, 222 off of him. And he was signed by the Padres to a major league contract. Hmm. So I'm hoping that getting out of the Royals system will be his ticket to the majors. Really good pick. Got to go with the the lefty arms. Yeah, he's such a good pick that I might pick him in my relievers only league. (laughs) Yeah. That's a yeah. good pick. That's how do you how are you finding all these guys with major league contracts? <laughs> I I did research. Uh huh. It's true you did. That's why we're <laughs> late today. Yeah. Uh, good pick. Very solid pick. I wish I had him. Uh, all right. I'm going to go with a friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who I'm going to say? Is it Jeff Bellavo? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bellavo, who was a traveling major league all-star not 18 months ago <laughs> uh long-time listeners remember uh that we were amused that he was who the united states sent to i think japan japan, yeah. japan for a all-star showcase uh along with a number of all-stars uh and uh somebody uh after that sent me a uh, autographed postcard autographed by jeff bellavo uh <laughs> a postcard of jeff bellavo that he got at a fan fest and i appreciated that and i still have it so Bellavo was, uh, you know, obviously good enough to get invited to the thing. Two years ago in 2014 with the Rays, he had a, you know, pretty long track record of being the kind of reliever that you'd think would make the majors someday. These are his strikeout per nine rates by level from age 21 on. So the, sometimes this is AAA for six games. Sometimes it's, you know, A ball for 90, you know, 29 games, whatever. These are all of them, okay? Strikeouts mm-hmm. per nine. 13 5, 13-2, 10-9, 13-6, 18-3, 12-6, 10-4, 10-9, 12-6, 10-6, and then he made the majors with the Cubs, 8-7, and then back to double A, 22.5, 15.3, and then zero. Uh wow. and then he He's a regular Jarrett Groob. Yeah. And then he uh and then he made it to the majors finally in 2014, after all that, uh at age 27, struck out 13 per nine for the Rays. Uh, no, sorry, struck out 13 per nine for their AAA team with a 1.5 ERA, then made it to the Rays, struck out 10.5 per nine with a 2.62 ERA. Everything was good. Jeff Beliveau would be, you know, a definite relievers-only league pick. 
And then last year he had labrum surgery. Uh, <laughs> Just quietly slipping that in. It's not quietly. It's the premise of the draft, Ben. You know that this is going to end with somebody having labrum surgery. Um, but he uh, he said some months ago that he'll be ready for spring training. I don't know if I believe him, but I don't need to believe him. It's a minor league draft. I only need a few of these guys to hit. Uh, he signed a deal with the uh, Orioles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're a team that's had some success with relievers. Yeah. So let's do that. <laughs> All right. With my seventh pick, I am going with another new Padres reliever, Cesar Vargas. And he's another major league contract on the Padres. He's only 23. He's been... 23? Uh, yeah. He's been in the Yankees system, I guess, since he was signed at 16, probably. He's been there for his whole career. And he made it to AAA last year. He has done well at AA. He, last year, spent most of the season at AA, had a 2.79 ERA in 67 innings, struck out almost a batter per inning with decent control, and then made it up to AAA for a few games at the end of the year. I guess he's 24. He just turned 24 at the end of December. So he's young, and he's had some success and made it all the way to AAA and has a major league deal. And uh, he's also a guy who showed up on Chris Mitchell's projections list as the best projected pitcher, which he's still projected to be pretty bad. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's he's got enough results for me to trust him. Cesar Vargas. Of all the players you've picked, Emilio Bonifacio is the only one I wrote down, and I didn't put a ranking number on him. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't have Jarrett Groob on my list. <laughs> I didn't have Casey Kochman either. Actually, I don't think, I, yeah, I don't think either of us has drafted anyone that the other person wanted yet. I don't think, <laughs> I hadn't, I wrote down 27 guys, and I'm pretty sure you haven't taken any of them yet. Actually, I had Jeff Bellowo on my list just for old time's sake. All right, I'm going to take uh, Clay Rapata. Mm, okay. Uh, and Rapata is a, another guy who was actually really good last year in AAA and was, you know, like Kochman, always a good always a good comp when you're drafting players is when you can start <laughs> like Casey Kochman. Uh, like Kochman, though, he was just in a situation where it just didn't make any sense at all. He was pitching, uh, he was the Giants AAA depth as a loogie and they had Javi Lopez who's the same guy but you know better and uh Jeremy Affeld who's their secondary lefty but uh in uh Sacramento he you know he did what he always does he had a sub three ERA pitched uh you know about an inning per appearance which is not yeah, that's surprising because I was gonna say the the well, downside one of the downsides of Clay Rapata is that even if he spends the whole season in the majors he might throw 30 innings <laughs> oh that's it so. yeah that's true he might get 120 yeah but i'll take 120 he threw uh, in 2012 with the yankees he got into 70 games and threw 38 and a third innings uh-huh. yeah but he faced 155 batters though and i'll take that yeah but rapata who uh uh hasn't pitched in the majors since 2013 nevertheless he has a um you know career career lefties have hit 164 255, 231 against him, which is essentially Javi Lopez. He's even worse against righties, although the sample is very small. Uh, but, you know, he's he's 35, which is old, except for, you know, in Randy Choate years. Uh, and you could imagine that it just takes the, the right moment, the right team, giving him, you know, six innings to prove himself, and then he could stick there for the whole year. So uh, you're right, though, that the uh, upside on a, on a Rapata is pretty low and for that reason. But, yeah, he is, I mean, he is very similar to Javier Lopez, uh, Javi Lopez, in, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, and um, it wouldn't surprise me if he were, uh, you know, something of a late bloomer. Anyway, yeah, okay, all right. I'm gonna take Trey Haley, who is a right-handed reliever signed by the Pirates. He is a hard thrower. He used to be a starter. He switched a few years ago, and supposedly throws in the high 90s, but not good control and. Who knows? Maybe he'll be a, a Ray Searage retrieval. And uh, Trey Haley in, let's see, he is 25 years old and 6'4", so big, 
just power arm. He pitched in AAA for the Indians, AA and AAA for the Indians last year. Had a two four five ERA. Anything else? Fifty five innings. Anything else? Uh, you mean? I mean, did he by chance walk twenty one batters in twenty one <laughs> innings at AAA? Just he uh, did. Just guessing. He did do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he also struck out twenty two. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's a. Uh, He's got some control issues. There's a reason why he's a minor <laughs> league free agent. But former second-round pick, hard thrower, going to Ray Searage and got a major league contract. Got so. a major league contract. <laughs> yeah. How do you do it, man? <laughs> I put my research time to good use. He's also on the depth chart. Uh, he is the 10th player listed on the Pirates bullpen depth chart. Well, that's good. So Bullpens that guy, have like 13 people in them now. That guy definitely pitches. All right, Trey Haley. Yeah, not 10th on their staff depth chart, but 10th on their bullpen Uh depth chart. Okay. Trey Haley. All right, right, I will take Dion Diaz. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you're named Dion, I will sign you. Uh, (laughs) Dion Diaz is uh, 27. He's going to be 27-year-old reliever, Uh, and he was basically the best AAA reliever, uh, best reliever on this list last year. Uh, by you know some basic standard, not that exciting measures like ERA. Um, you know he's not a, he's not great. He struck out eight per nine. Uh, his peripherals aren't so special, but he didn't allow any home runs. Uh, he was extremely dominant in Double A and v- still quite good in Triple A uh, with the Red Sox. And um, he has since signed uh, with the Reds, who are a terrible team with a terrible bullpen. And uh, you could very easily imagine almost anybody who pitched at Triple A last year particularly pitched well last year, uh, getting 50, 60 innings in their bullpen right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So that seems like an easy pick. He is not not listed on the depth chart. Okay, well, so you know. I'm going to take a Reds reliever, and I don't know if he's on the draft and if he's on the depth chart or not, but I think he's got a lot going for him. He is Blake Wood. Is Blake Wood on the Reds depth chart? He is. He's uh, right. Ninth. Ninth. Okay, so Blake Wood. The story with Blake Wood is he is a guy who has been in the big leagues. He pitched in the big leagues 2010 to 2014, missing 2012, but he was with the Royals. He was with the Indians, and he is a 30-year-old right-handed reliever. Big guy, 6'5", 240, throws in the mid-90s, and did fairly well last year. At Triple A last year, he pitched uh, 58 and two-thirds innings for the Pirates, 3.53 ERA, struck out almost 11 per nine innings. So he definitely has some swing and miss stuff. The Reds are bad, and he's been in the big leagues before. They signed him to a major league contract, and they have him on the depth chart. So Blake Wood. That's a better better Reds reliever than than mine. They have they have <laughs> no. well they have almost the same peripherals except that Blake Wood has a lot more strikeouts and Diaz has a much lower ERA. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they're the same. Yeah, he's got uh, ninety nine Twitter followers. And I'm gonna just read a brief selection of the comments on the MLB trade rumors post about the Reds signing Blake Wood. This is starting from the top. What a joke! Why? Blake Wood, Major League Contract? I don't understand this. Do they need relief help that bad? Reclamation Project to flip at the deadline? I have no idea. Good grief. To flip at the deadline. Yeah, they got him to flip him <laughs> at the deadline. It's their plan to get great prospects back is signing Blake Wood. <laughs> yeah. So MLB Trade Rumors commenters, not impressed. That was your last ninth. pick, right? That was my ninth pick, I believe. Was that really only your ninth? <laughs> Sorry. Goodness gracious, we're over an hour. <laughs> Anthony yeah. Recker. Oh, I'm glad he was taken. He's too good looking to be in the <laughs> That's minors. why I picked him. Good. Yeah, he's handsome. Very handsome. Your pick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, Sorry. you know, he's a he's a guy who plays every year. He's yeah. a standard backup catcher. Uh, he's on the Indians now. Mm-hmm. He signed uh, with the Indians. And, uh, you know, he, he doesn't hit in the majors, but he hits very well in AAA. So at the very least, even mm-hmm. if the te- even if the Indians don't think he's a good hitter right now, they will undoubtedly be fooled when he hits in AAA. He always hits in AAA. He hit last year in AAA. And uh, those eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, my last pick is 
Jiman Choi, who is another angel, and he was a Rule Five pick. And the story I thought you were I thought you were just mispronouncing Jean Machi. <laughs> and the uh, story in the LA Times about him was Angels expect Rule Five picks Dialis Guerra and Jiman Choi to make big league team. So if the Angels expect him to make the big league team. I mean, they're the big league team, so they would know. So I'm going with what they said. And uh, he uh, got a major league deal. He's a first baseman, which is not great. He's 24, and he also had a 50-game PED suspension in 2014. But he's battling for uh, a bench spot. And he had pretty good numbers in 2015 Eh, I mean, he didn't play much, but when he played, he was good. <laughs> he had 80 plate appearances, mostly for the Mariners in AAA. And he had the 390 on base. He hit batted 290. And he can play first base. He can play a little corner outfield. And I don't know, maybe Albert Pujols gets hurt and he gets some playing time. He's a switch hitter. So, Jimon Choi. All right. Well, I thought about a few guys here. Thought about... Melvin Mercedes, who has the benefit of being in the Tigers bullpen Mm. still, but also didn't get called up last year to the Tigers bullpen, which is the exact opposite (laughs) thing. Uh, Thought about Carlos Peguero. Mm. Thought about Felipe Paulino, who still has fans somehow in the stat hit community. And I believe Uh Patrick Dubuque made us put him in the annual. (laughs) Even (laughs) Thought about Kyle Drabeck, who is healthy now all the time. Like he manages to make it through every year, but he's still not good. Thought about George Kataris, except he's behind Buster Posey. Thought about Carson Blair, but I will just make it simple and I'll choose Gene Machi to uh, complete that little joke. Um, Gene Machi uh, was horrible last year, but he got to keep pitching until the end. And you could make, you could very easily make the case that, well, no one's going to let Gene Machi pitch. He has a 5.12 ERA. Uh, last year with lousy peripherals, uh, and he's an old guy uh, who you know see, looks more and more like uh, those two years in San Francisco were flukish, bad peripheral flashes in the pan. But to the end of the year, they let him keep pitching. They just, like a team. He was that bad for the Giants in the first half, and then a team went and got him, uh, <laughs> and then let him pitch until the end. So if someone would let him pitch in September, I don't know why they wouldn't let him pitch in April. And uh, you know he does have some track record of success. It's uh, probably shallow success, but. Uh, Gene Machi, why not? Uh, seems like seems like a safe bet to be pitching in the majors at some point this year. Okay, that's Okey-doke. all you can ask for. There we go. All right. Mine's a much more like yours. Probably have, especially after Bonifacio. I feel like yours have a combined. Well, okay, Bonifacio has tons of play, playing time in the majors, and Blake Wood has some. Mm-hmm. And after that, you have like fifty, maybe fifty plate appearances or batters faced in the majors combined. Yeah, and I have almost all washed up or injured veterans. I have like eight guys who are essentially veterans. Definitely different strategies at work here. (laughs) So hopefully that made this compelling. I'd love to know what the retention rate of listeners to this episode was. (laughs) If you you made it all the way, I hope you learned something. We learned a lot of the 10 players I picked. I'd probably heard of three of them this morning (laughs) or could have told you anything about three of them. And now I'm pulling for them. So John Chenier, the official stat keeper of Effectively Wild, hopefully will add this to the spreadsheet, the Google Doc, in the Facebook group of all of our ongoing and completed competitions. So you can always check in to see which guys we got. Hope you enjoyed this exercise as much as we did. All right. So you can send us emails. We'll probably do emails tomorrow. So send them to podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Effectively Wild and rate and review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. You can support our sponsor, The Play Index. Go to baseballreference.com, use the coupon code BP and get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We'll be back soon. Do I spend a chance with-